Hi everybody and welcome to the Persistent Pain Podcast. My name is Shane and today we're going to talk about MRI scans. So this podcast, and if you listened to last week's episode, I talked about five things that I think everybody with persistent pain needs to know. Um, So this podcast is particularly for people with persistent pain. Uh, I want to create a community of people with persistent pain to help them overcome it and get back to doing the things that they love the most. So on that same note, if you're not already following me on Facebook or Instagram, if you follow me, my handle is Shane Mooney Physio. So that's S-H-A-N-E. M-O-O-N-E-Y-P-H-Y-S-I-O. Um, so Shane Mooney Physio, that's Facebook and Instagram. And also I've set up a support group specifically for people with persistent pain. So if you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash persistent pain, request to join. There's a few kind of clearing questions and that's just to make sure you're a real person. You know, I know Facebook, there's a lot of bots and stuff out there. So just to make sure you're a real person, answer those questions, uh, you'll be accepted into the group and it's going to be really, really powerful, that group. So I want that group to be a real safe space for people to share their story and to ask questions and get help. Okay, so join that community. Um, If you haven't listened to last week's episode, make sure either change and listen to that first or make sure after you listen to today's episode, go back and listen to, to last week's as well. So last week is a really, really important episode in terms of understanding a little bit more about my philosophy um, and understanding a little bit more about persistent pain and, and getting to to understand it a little bit better. Okay, so coming back to today's topic. So MRI scans are, you know, in my experience, they, they're a, a very, very common thing, obviously, for back pain. A lot of people who've had persistent pain, if they've had it for a number of years and they've kept going to the GP, they've probably been referred for an MRI scan at some point. Now, when I'm dealing with, with my um, clients in, in the clinic as a physio, um, a lot of them, because I deal with a lot of people with persistent pain and persistent back pain that they've had for, you know, 10, 15 years, and a lot of them have had the scans... And actually, they come back from the scans with more fear and more worry. So the scan doesn't really do them any good, apart from giving them a, a, a diagnosis, if you want to call it that, or, or giving them a name for something. But it doesn't actually create any solutions a lot of the time. And a lot of the time, it creates a lot of fear avoidance. It, you know, They don't really understand what the results fully mean. So I want to hopefully clarify that in today's episode, reassure you a little bit if you've had a scan, and hope you, hopefully help you understand the results a little bit better. So first of all, what is an MRI? So basically MRI stands for Magnetic Resonance Imaging and it's basically just a scan, like it says in the tin, that gives you a snapshot of your soft tissues, your connective tissues in your body. Okay, so a bit like an x-ray for bones, an MRI is, is really for the connective tissues in your body and the soft tissues in your body. Now they're really common. So, you know, I think they, they, they first came into prominence in like the 1980s, but now there's like 60 million, I got that off the internet, this figure, but it, you know, it's mind-blowing. There's 60 million MRI scans per year uh, worldwide. So, you know, it's a hell of a lot of, of scans. Um, they usually take about between 15 and 90 minutes depending on on what your body part you're getting scanned and the process basically is you normally get referred for the scan you'll go and have the scan the radiographer will do the scan with you and you'll go into the machine they'll be talking to you over the over the intercom you'll get the, the scan done then the you'll you know you leave the hospital the reason you don't get the results straight away is then the the scan obviously the image is downloaded then that image has to get sent to the radiologist the radiologist then is going to look at the image they're going to you know decipher it maybe discuss with their team and um, they're going to analyze the results then they're going to write a report and they're going to send that report then to whoever ordered the scan so whether that's your gp or whether it's your consultant or whatever so there's quite a lengthy process there so it's not as if you have the scan and the 
and you know we can straight away see where what, what the problem is you have the scan the radiologist then has to evaluate the scan, write a report, and then a lot of the, the findings then are, are a lot of the, the discussion and, and the plan is made off of that report. Okay, so um, what MRIs are used for and what they're really useful for, so you know, as we go through this episode, I don't want you to think that I'm bad mouthing MRIs. You know, MRIs are really, really good. And they're really good at locating things like tumors, you know, being able to assess the heart, being able to assess the lungs, the blood vessels. They can put like a dye in where they can really see how the blood vessels are functioning. Um, and basically what an MRI is really, really good at is finding abnormalities or finding things that shouldn't be there. Now, the more clear cut the thing that they're looking for is, the, the, the better, the, uh, the, the easier and the more reliable the MRI scan is. So something like a cancerous tumour, for example, that just shouldn't be there. So MRIs are really, really good for being able to find those things. But what MRIs, and one of the big limitations about MRIs, is they're not very specific when it comes to pain. Okay, so, and they don't diagnose pain. Now, when you get an MRI scan, basically it's going to show every single change in, in your body compared to a, a healthy spine, if you want to call it that. So compared to a, a completely healthy, perfect image of a spine, your MRI scan is going to be compared to that. Now, obviously, because you've lived a life, because you've done things, you know, you've played sport, maybe you've had kids, you know, picking up the kids, you've worked, whatever. Because you've done things, naturally, there's going to be mechanical stress on your spine, on your back, and naturally, there's going to be degenerative changes, and there's going to be lots of, you know, disc degeneration, there's going to, maybe not lots of, but there's going to be, there, there is going to be elements of disc degeneration, there's going to be elements of, you know, facet joint um, problems, there's going to be lots of different um, things going on that actually is probably very, very normal. Uh, one of the best ways I've heard this described is, uh, think of those changes, a bit like wrinkles on the inside. They happen as we get older. And most people, you know, 25 plus, and obviously the older you get, the, the more commonly it's going to occur. They're going to have those changes. And if you get 100 people with, without any back pain, you know, this is just off the top of my head, but if you get 100 people without any back pain, you'll find a, a high percentage of those people will have a lot of degenerative changes, but have absolutely no pain. Okay, so MRIs are going to show a lot of normal things and then they're very much open to interpretation. So you have an MRI, the radiologist is going to look at that MRI, they're going to see all of those changes, most of which are probably normal, and then they have to interpret and basically make a very educated guess on what's contributing to your pain. Now they don't tell you how it occurred in the first place. So if you've got a, a disc problem, let's say, for example, there's probably a lot of mechanical stress on that segment of the spine, and it doesn't tell you why that mechanical stress has got there. And that's probably, a, excuse me, that's probably a problem elsewhere in your body, okay? So they don't tell you what's caused the problem. They're just going to show you, you know, a symptom, like a disc or whatever, um, and they're going to interpret whether that's contributing to your pain or not. Okay, so there's a lot of room, what I'm really trying to get at here is there's a, when it comes to diagnosing pain, there's a lot of room for human error. So going back to, you know, the more clear cut, the better. If there's something like a tumor there, there's not that much room for human error. You know, if one radiologist, another radiologist, 10 radiologists look at that, that, um, that image, they're all probably going to notice the tumor, especially obviously if it's a big one, it's going to be very, very obvious. Now, to really highlight how ineffective they can be for back pain, there was a study done in 2017, and I think it was in America, and there was a lady with chronic back pain, I think she'd had it for about 10 years, and she had 10 separate MRIs done at 10 separate like hospital clinics or, or centres, um, and she got 49 different findings. So those... 
10 scans were analysed by 10 different radiologists and 49 different findings came up that may be contributing to her pain. Now the really mind-blowing thing and the really fascinating thing was that zero of those, none of those were consistent across every MRI. So there wasn't one result found that was on every single report. Now that's absolutely mind-blowing and over 30% of those findings were only on one of the 10 reports. So only one of the radiologists, for 30% of those findings, only one of the radi- one of the 10 radiologists noticed that. So there's a lot of, or, you know, felt the need to, to, to describe it in the report. So there's a lot of room for human error when it comes to MRIs for back pain because it shows a lot of normal. So I hope that makes sense. And, and that's not a, a slam on MRIs. It's not a slam on radiologists, but obviously on the same note, the skill of the radiologist is going to be very, very important there as well. So if you have a, a newly graduated radiologist, you know, with not that much experience compared to, you know, radiologists with 10 plus years of experience, obviously the skill levels there are going to be different. So there's an element of skill and, and experience that's important for these as well. So there's a, basically, like I said, I'm just trying to hit on the point. There's a lot of room for human error when it comes to, to MRIs. And what we're going to go off then is the report that, that that's kind of given. Now, coming on to the reports, if you've had an MRI don't panic when you get the report and you know if you've read your MRI you've probably you know experienced this the language is not very patient friendly at all now like to, to really highlight this and you know I hate these the, the, the language that they use the best thing you can see on your MRI is something is unremarkable and that actually means it's good that means there's no remarkable changes or no, or no you know obvious changes there so you know the, the, the most positive thing you can see is, is unremarkable and they use a lot of words like they'll use severe degeneration, um, you know, moderate degeneration, all, all these kind of words. And, and it's not user friendly at all. And all of those things, even when it says moderate to severe degeneration, like that's just normal wear and tear. And like I said, if you MRI 100 people's spines, you'll probably find a percentage of those people who have severe to moderate de- degeneration in certain segments and actually have absolutely no pain at all. Now... If you've had an MRI and it's found things and you've got back pain, I'm not saying that those things aren't contributing to the pain. They probably are in con- contributing in, in a sense to the pain or contributing somewhat to the pain, but they're probably not the root cause. And again, I, I like my analogies. One of the analogies I've heard to describe this is if you imagine those findings are a bit like kindling for a fire. So kindling's not a fire. It needs a spark to kind of get going. And once it gets sparked, then you know you can have a raging fire within minutes. And it's the same with these changes. On their own, they're not enough to cause pain. But all it takes then is something else to happen. More stress to be put in that area of the back for, you know, biomechanical reasons. Let's say you, you sprain your ankle six months ago. Your favorite, you're trying to protect the ankle a little bit. So you're doing more work now around your back when you're bending to pick things up, etc. And then over time, that puts more stress on that, that area where there maybe is a bit of a disc degeneration, a bit of a disc prolapse. And over time, that's putting a lot of stress there. And then it becomes irritated and then it starts to cause a lot of pain. But the problem actually isn't the disc. You know, that's the symptom that we've irritated. The real problem is the ankle. You know, we need to fix that ankle problem, get everything loading well there so it takes the pressure away from the back, let the disc settle down and the disc, the, the, the disc sorry, will, will heal naturally. Okay, so I hope that kind of makes sense. Don't panic if you've had the results and there's a lot of things there. There's a lot of scary language there. You know, all of these reports come back with very, very scary language usually. And it may or may not be contributing to your pain. Now, if you've had an MRI and it has come back with some of those findings, what are your options? So, you know, if you've had a good consultant or a good GP, they've probably talked you through the options. So the first one probably, that you, and you know, it shouldn't be the first port of call, but a lot of the time, unfortunately, it is, is surgery. 
So, you know, discectomies or, you know, spinal fusions and, and things like that. Um, now, I'm not slagging surgery. You know, surgery is an option, but in my opinion, it's, it's a very, very last resort option. And there is pros and cons. Now, if you've got, you know, real red, what we call red flag symptoms, where, you know, you're getting bladder and bowel dysfunction or you're getting, you know, real 24-7, 10 out of 10, absolutely raging night pain, those things might indicate surgery because we just need to get those symptoms under control as quickly as possible. Also, if you're in a lot of pain, maybe or maybe not, surgery might be able to get rid of the pain. So surgery is a bit of a gamble a lot of the time. It's a last resort. Let's try this and see if it works. But the, the cons to that, then obviously if it doesn't work, you've had a, a pointless surgery. So surgery should always be a last resort. I'm not against it, but it should always be a last resort. Your second option is going to be pain relief. So strong painkillers, strong medication, maybe some injections. And short term, they're really, really good. So short term, take your pain relief. But what we need to do then is find out why it's happened in the first place. Otherwise, you know, six months later, a year later, whatever, it will probably come back when you've been exposed to some kind of a stressor, whether that's, you know, uh, a physical thing like going to bend over, pick something up really quickly, lifting something heavy, or whether, you know, it's a real, you know, emotional stressor or you've had a real manic week at work, busy week with the kids and then your back goes again. So we need to get to the root cause of why it's happened in the first place to make sure it doesn't come back again. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to do a separate podcast episode about why pain comes back, you know, so I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit further in, in that episode. Um, the third option is rest. So you can rest it, but and that will probably help it settle down. But again, the same thing, as soon as you get moving again, or as soon as you do that movement again, it will probably come back. So the real thing, and the real way, and again, I, t- I talked about this in last week's episode, the real way we can we can kind of get to the bottom of your MRI scan results is to do a full assessment, and it needs to be holistic. And you need to spend a bit of time, we need to go through your full individual story, because everybody's pain is different. You know, one person might have one kind of, you know, treatment like acupuncture, surgery or whatever, and have a really good result. And then you might have very similar symptoms and do the exact same thing. And actually your pain doesn't change at all because pain is very individual. So we need to go through your full story, you know, the injuries you've had in the past, the things you've been through in the past, you know, any emotional events, any any big stresses that might have had an impact on the way you move or an impact on your body. We need to address those individually and then we need to expose you to higher loads, higher speeds, higher movements um, to make sure that you're able to tolerate all those things so the pain doesn't come back. And what I like to do with my clients in the clinic is actually get them way above where they where they need to be. So we want to find out what their end goal is. If they want to get back walking, I want to almost get to the point that they can run. In the, run the, I want to get them to the point that they could run in the clinic so that when they go walking, they shouldn't have any problems. Okay, so I want to really build that resilience to make sure your pain doesn't come back again. So hope that's kind of cleared up some things about an MRI. So just to, to kind of recap it all. So MRIs are just a snapshot of your body. They look at the the soft tissues in your body using magnets and radio waves. They're really, really good for finding things that shouldn't be there, like tumors, tears, assessing the lungs, you know, all all those kind of things. Their limitations with pain is they're going to show a lot of normal changes that may or may not be contributing to your pain. And then the radiologist who analyzes the scan, they're going to make a judgment on whether they think those things are, are contributing to your pain or not. So when it comes to diagnosing pain, they're not very specific. There's a lot of human interpretation, a lot of room for human error there. The reports often come back very with very scary language. Now these la- the, the, the the language in these reports, you know, and and even when you have a meeting with the GP or the consultant, I've heard and don't get me wrong, there's some very good GPs and some very good consultants out there. 
But I've had some real shocking cases where people have come in and the consultants told them, you know, I've had the back of an 80-year-old or, you know, my spine's crumbling. And, you know, those words are really misleading. And your spine isn't crumbling. You don't have the back of an 80-year-old. And, you know, what, what those words do is they create a lot of fear. They create a lot of worry. And actually, they make the pain worse because they stop people from doing things that, you know, would usually help the pain, like moving, bending, and, and they get a lot of guarding over it instead. And again, if you've had an MRI scan, you've got the results, and you're going through your options, obviously you're going to have the options of surgery, which should always be a last resort, your pain relief and injections, which are great, go for them, but short-term solutions, so they're not going to fix the problem long-term, but they might give you a window of opportunity, where then you can do some work to fix the problem. Rest, again, same thing, short-term rest is good, but long-term we need to you know, get to the point that you can do everything you need to be able to do. Uh, and then the last thing and the most important thing is we need to look at your whole individual story. So we need to hear your story, the injuries you've had in the past, the things you've been through, the lifestyle you've had, the jobs you've done, etc, etc, etc. Compare that to your movement and do an assessment, see how your body's moving and kind of marry the two up together and make sense of, of any, you know, restrictions or, or any, you know, things that we're finding in, in the tests that we do. Link that back to your story and then we can really start to make sense of why you're, you're experiencing pain or why you've had those flare-ups. Okay, so um, if you have any questions, if you know, I'm hoping that's clarified some things. Um, but if it, if it's kind of um, awakened any questions or you want some more clarity, again, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram. It's Shane Mooney Physio, S H A N E P H Y S I O. Um, so follow me Facebook, follow me on Instagram, send me a private message. Join the Facebook community. So I've just started it. It's for people with persistent pain to help you overcome your pain. A safe place to share your story ask questions and get help and that's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash persistent pain